Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Worship Him today. Father, we come together to worship You, the name above every name, Lord. We give You glory here today, Father. Every heart in this room, every heart that joins us online this morning, we lift up the name above every name. This is all about You, Father. What an honour it is to gather together and to worship the Name of Jesus today. Father, You're so good. I think of the very beginning back as the shepherds were in the field and the sky filled with angels, giving You glory, Lord, praising Your Name, declaring that You are coming. And Father, we thank You that You've walked the earth that You've gone to the cross, that You've risen again, that You're with the Father. And here today we get to worship You as the one true living God who is above everything. And so Lord, just as the angels gave You glory, we give You glory today. Thank You, Father. Lord, I pray as we bring our tithes and our offerings today, Lord, that You go before each one of us, God. In this season, I pray that we could see your blessing. We could see your provision, God. We thank you for it. We pray for those who are, who are in need this season. There's many here today. There's many all around us, Father, that you would go before, that you would provide. We thank you for everything, Lord. It all comes from you, God. And we give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus Christ today. All God's people said... Amen. Amen. Hey, welcome. So good. You can go ahead and grab a seat. As you take a seat, I'm going to get the ushers to come around and receive the giving this morning. If you were a guest with us today for Christmas, then I want to give you a really warm welcome. And as as we receive the giving today, I want you to know there's no obligation for you to give, but there's many people here in our community who love to give to what the Lord is doing. And our big picture is about generosity. And I pray that every one of us will be people who lead with generous hearts and maybe we'll have the blessing of even receiving at times as well. Announcements, I've got to tell you very little. It is the end of the year. We have wound up for the year and I need you to listen in because Next Sunday, if you come for church, there won't be anyone here, all right? It'll be you and Jesus. You can still have a great time. You'll probably be out the front there. But um, no church next Sunday. And then we're going to launch back together on Sunday, the 7th of Jan, all right? What date are we meeting back, church? Very good. Who wants to come next week and worship on their own out the front? Yes. Some people are like, that sounds great. But here's the thing, okay? We are taking a short break from church, uh, which is a blessing to so many people who serve here and to our team especially, a great time to recover. But I want you to know this, it's not a time off from Jesus, all right? Don't take a holiday from Jesus. 
even though church isn't, can you just turn to the person next to you and just like get in their face and just say, don't forget Jesus. All right. So good. Hey, I want to share a couple of things with you this morning from the Bible. And uh, I just want to pray because we've been worshipping this morning and the Spirit of God is moving in the house. And as we come to His Word as well, we want to pray that the Spirit of God will help us to understand God's Word and help us apply it also. There are things that God wants to say to each one of us here today. And so, Father, we just welcome your Spirit. Father, we thank you that your heart is that we would be transformed by your Word, that we'd be equipped for the things that you're calling us to, that we'd be changed into the things that you are calling us into, God, that this just wouldn't be something we sit through, but this would be something we receive and is planted in our hearts, God. And so we want to say yes and amen to that today. Lord, we pray for the person on our right and our left. We pray that you get them good, mess them up, really bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. If you've got your Bibles, you can open them up to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read a bit of Scripture today. We're going to have a look at two people in the Christmas story who had an angel encounter a bit like last week, but this week we're going to look at their response to the encounter. All right, so we're going to start in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. And this is a good opportunity for us to read the Christmas story from the Bible. There's an amazing thing you can do with your family at Christmas time as well. So we're going to jump back a little bit here from the birth of Jesus, Luke chapter 1, verse 5. It says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless. Because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. When the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. 
He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. That is a very nice way of saying she old. (laughs) The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he'd stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realised he'd seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. What an amazing scene, right? Amazing. Now, I already know that there are some wives in this room saying, Imagine if my husband wasn't able to speak for the whole pregnancy. What a wonderful thing, okay? That is not what the message is about and I need you to stay with me, okay? I wanna tell you a few things about Zechariah real quick. First of all, we read that he was a priest. The priesthood went way back to the days of Moses and Aaron. We read these at the beginning of the Old Testament. And this was an amazing thing. And since that time, the priests had been appointed to minister in the temple to do sacred duties. And they would go into places where no one else was allowed to go. And this is actually an amazing thing that Zechariah had this opportunity. If you study the scriptures, you find out that there are actually 24 orders of priests. These are groups all all with different names. There was up to a thousand priests in each group. And so what they would do, they would say, all right, next week it's gonna be someone's turn to go into the temple, maybe into the Holy of Holies and burn incense for the Lord. And what they would do is they would literally kind of roll dice and say, well, who's gonna get the turn? And so they rolled and it got narrowed down, narrowed down. And this time it was Zechariah's turn, right? Now there is the potential that this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And this was such a big deal to be able to do this that if a priest, especially when it was once a year that they went into the Holy of Holies, this was such a sacred place where they believed the presence of God actually dwelt that they would actually tie a rope onto the priest's leg at times. They would walk into this place where no one else was allowed to go And at times, people would actually drop dead in the presence of God and they would need to be dragged out with the rope. This is full on, right? So this was a sacred 
opportunity. And Zechariah's moment has come up. Maybe a moment he's been waiting for his whole life. And this is where the angel decides to appear to Zechariah. Now think about it. No one else gets to see this encounter. If he could talk when he came out, he would have been like, yo, angel, me. And everyone's like, I saw that. Like, that's amazing. Angel appeared for you. No one else gets to see this thing, right? It's him and Gabriel. And he has this moment, think about this, where he has this incredible encounter on perhaps the most sacred day of his life And an angel appears and tells him not only that his prayer for a child is going to come true, but that his child would make a way for Jesus the Messiah. Now think about this. He's in the temple and he's burning incense, swinging this thing, whatever he does, right? As he does that, he is praying to the Lord, the Lord bless you, God of Israel, Father, we are waiting for the coming of the Messiah. Send your one and only son to us. As he's praying and doing these things, an angel appears and says, hey, guess what? I've got cool news, right? So Now, some of you have had big days at times, right? You come home, you're like, how was your day? Big day. Guess what happened? Zechariah had a big day, right? This was an all-time day. Okay, but I want you to see this also. The scripture says Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. Not just outside, they weren't just people that did all the right things. They went to church every Sunday, they read their U version Bible plan every day, right? They weren't just these external people but they were righteous in the Lord's eyes, like they were good on the inside. And God saw them. And here they were, these righteous people, but they had this huge, unchangeable challenge in their life. They couldn't have a child. And this was actually a really, really big deal because in the world that they lived on, uh, lived in, on earth, (laughs) <laughs> the, the, the primary role of a woman was, be, was being able to have children. And so for whatever reason it was, Elizabeth had walked with this level of shame her whole life that she wasn't able to conceive, right? And then you have that, you have society where there were some thoughts that children were a blessing from the Lord Therefore, if you don't have children, you're cursed. So some people would look upon them as cursed. And here they are, Zechariah's a priest. Elizabeth is also from the priestly line. Like these guys are spiritual royalty, right? And yet they have this prayer that their God that they have surrendered everything to has not been answered. And even that would be hard. Like I'm sure at times people would say, well, where's your God? Like, huh? This is the God that you have given everything to and yet he won't give you a child, right? So this is a big day for Zechariah. 
Now, there's other things at play here as the angel's talking to Zechariah and the, Zechariah, and, and the angel says, hey, you're going to have a child. Even though you're old, you're going to have a child. Zechariah knows his scriptures. He knows his history. He knows that the same thing happened to Abraham and Sarah. An angel appeared, the voice of God, and said, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have more descendants than grains of sand on the seashore. And they were like, okay, cool. And it happened, right? And it happened. So he already knows that God can do this. And yet in this situation, he says, surely. Surely not. Like she's old. Do you know how old she is? Like really? Even though he kind of knows that God can do it. And so Zechariah doubted God's word. And that's a tough thing. I mean, some of us would think, hey, this is understandable in some ways. Like they, they've journeyed this. This has been their life, not seeing this prayer answered. No wonder there was some doubt there. Maybe they had prayed about this constantly for years and years. And yet Zechariah doubted God's word. And some of us know what that feeling of probably helplessness and hopelessness feels like when a situation seems like it can't change, right? And then if God were to appear and say it's going to change, maybe our minds would struggle to even comprehend that it could. But it did. God did what he said he was going to do, right? All right, let's keep reading. We're going to jump to someone else now. This is verse 26. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be able to, unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Now, this is a bit of a different scene. Mary's still got her voice after all of this, right? So there's a bit of a different response in this text from Mary. 
a couple of things about Mary. There's a good chance that Mary was probably as young as 12 to 13 years old. And she was pledged to be married. It would have been an arranged marriage. She was betrothed, which is a little similar to our engagement process, but a bit more hardcore than that. And so this train was moving along and she was on it at this young age. And she understood the world. She understood enough of her situation to know that what the angel has told me is going to happen comes from God, but man, this is going to be tough. Like she didn't have to think through that too much to understand, well, that's not how things work in our culture. And if it goes the way he says it's going to happen, this is going to have some serious repercussions. She understood that, right? And I think it's interesting to see that Mary found favour with God and yet what God was requiring of her was going to be very challenging. Isn't it nice when we think, man, God's got great plans for me and it's going to be so easy. Like, he's going to just bless me all the time. Blue sky is going to follow me around. Miracles are going to happen. The new car will just turn up in the driveway because I am serving the Lord. This is how it's going to go for me, right? But not for Mary. Not for Mary. She knew as she heard all of this, hey, there's some complications here. So look, I've done a comparison table today, all right? It's not an Excel spreadsheet for all the real nerds out there, but it is a table. So if we could jump to that. Thanks, Daniel. There we go. Have a look at a couple of these things with me. When it comes to the age, we already know that Elizabeth was further along in years, okay? Mary was quite young. Their marriage situation, Elizabeth Zechariah married for years, right? Mary was on her way to this. The angel appeared. It was the same angel that appeared to both of them, okay? And for those who like this sort of detail, same angel that appeared to Daniel in the Old Testament as well, right? So Gabriel's getting around doing a lot of angel stuff for years and years, okay? Uh, Social standing, you have priests, as I said, kind of spiritual royalty in this couple. Then you have a young person, you have a female, and you have someone from Nazareth, okay? Very different situations here. Looking forward, what's this situation going to look like? Well, Elizabeth and Zechariah are going to have a baby. Everyone's like, praise the Lord. God has blessed you. This is amazing. Friends are going to celebrate. Mary looking forward. Friends are going to find this hard to understand. So they're like, the friends, we know how babies happen, right? And Mary, you're saying like nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. Me and Joseph, uh uh-uh. Right, and so how did it happen? God, it was God. Mmm, that's a good one. Like, they've heard that one before, right? That's going to be tough to walk through. If that goes into an extreme situation with the law in culture at that time, Mary could actually be stoned to death. 
people could say there is a case here that she has not been faithful to her husband and therefore she can be stoned to death. All right? That's, that's rough. Who's like, yeah, I love God's plan. Woo! The response, Zechariah says, surely not. Are you kidding me, Gabriel? Like, what are you doing up there? Do you not understand how it works down here? We're old. This can't happen. Mary says, okay. Rightio. So one has doubt and one has faith. And there's a big difference in this situation, right? A big difference. Now, I've got, I've got some props here today. And uh, I know you've been wondering what's going on here. Got some corn flour and some uh, icing mixture, it is. Now, you know, I'm a pretty amazing cook, if, if I do say so myself, right? And I have my moments in the kitchen. It's like master chef moments, really, where things can really be produced. But there's, there's a story that will stick with me forever in our household, a story that I never will get to live down and it comes up regularly and we all have a laugh, even though it's the thousandth time, so funny. <laughs> Let's laugh at Dad. And there was a situation one time, could happen to anyone. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Could happen to anyone. And I was making up a white sauce, right? And I'm making up the white sauce. I need to thicken up the white sauce. What do you put in white sauce to thicken it up? A bit. <laughs> Don't beat me there. A bit of corn flour is what you put in to thicken it up, right? And so I went to the pantry and I took out the Tupperware container. It's clear with the black lid, right? And I take it out and I throw a couple of spoonfuls in there and I'm stirring and I'm stirring and I'm stirring. And sometimes it takes time, right, to thicken up. This one was taking a long time, a really long time. And I'm like, babe, this white sauce, just not thickening up. And she's like, really? And she's like, she comes over. She has a little taste of it. She goes, hmm, that's got an interesting taste, doesn't it? <laughs> she's like, so what exactly have you put in this? I said, well, corn flour out of this container right there. She said, well, you know that's icing sugar, right? <laughs> like that's not going to do much good for you. Now, icing sugar does not work in white sauce, okay? I will let you know that. The key ingredient in your white sauce, if you want to thicken it up, is corn flour. Now, I just thought we could have some fun with this today because I've got a good friend who's on team here. His name's Toby Peacock. And I thought... I thought, what if we just get someone up to taste the difference? <laughs> All right? So I've got a glass here. Now, actually, these got mixed up somehow. And this one may not be corn flour and this one may not be icing sugar. I don't know. But can we put, to can we put our hands together for Toby? <laughs> Toby, all I want you to do is choose one and just grab a spoonful or a, a big spoonful, whatever you want to, and then just tell us how. Yeah, no, nah, it's all on you. Yep. 
This is not a team effort. All right. Send it. Here we go. Oh, goodness. No workers' comp case here. This. I should have seen that coming. Now, I am 90% sure that was corn flour. But doesn't he take it like a champ? That's why we keep him around right there. How do I look? As long as there's... None on my face. All right. Where am I going with this? Faith. Faith is the key ingredient. Two two similar situations in many, many ways. But one person asked for proof and one person asked about the process. One person said, surely not from a position of lack of faith And one person asked for more information from a position of faith. Sure, that can happen, no doubt, with God. Can you tell me more about this? What a reasonable question. Faith. Hebrews 11 says, Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Without faith, it's impossible to please God Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith. The difference was a posture of faith. Faith opens the door to salvation. Without faith, there is no stepping through that door. Faith opens the door to the kingdom life, that if we're gonna walk this life that Jesus is calling us into, we will be required to have faith. Faith is the thing that opens the door to the possibilities of God. Living in a world where we see the natural at work all the time, but requiring the supernatural to come in, the impossible to become possible. And here they were, both in this situation where they needed God to do something that seemed impossible. So we have some Zechariahs and we have some Marys in the house today. And we have some people who are struggling with faith and we have people with great faith. For you, it seems easy. The challenge of faith is that often it is tested in the fire. We can say, hey, we've got great faith. And then when the challenge, the storm comes, that's the place where we find out where our faith is. And if you're a Zechariah and you're here today, there might be something big in your life and it seems so big that it's difficult for you to even imagine that God could step into that situation and bring any change whatsoever. And maybe it's something that you've prayed about for, for years and years. And as you've pleaded before God, nothing has changed. 
and you've, you've done all the things. You've, you've come to church and you've read your Bible and you've prayed the prayers and you've been a good person and you've done all those things and your heart is clean and yet this one thing that you require from the Lord, you haven't seen any breakthrough in. There's some Zechariahs in the room today. And there's some Marys in the room today as well. And you know that God has called you to something that is well beyond your capability. That to see it happen would stretch you and you'd have to see so much growth and change that it would be incredibly difficult and there would be some sacrifices to make and there would be some people that just don't agree with it at all, it would, it would really push against culture in different places, but you know God has this calling on your life. But it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. It's not gonna happen easily. There's three things that really jump out at me from this passage, just as I've been meditating on it this week. There's some comfort here for those who may be struggling to have faith. If you're that person here today and you've got that situation and yet you're just not sure if God can break in, there's some comfort here for you. Because in both of these situations, God does what He says He will do. Now, Zechariah's response as he struggled with a lack of faith did not disqualify him from receiving what God said he would receive. But it probably made it harder. It probably made it less fun for him that whole season, not being able to talk, that disciplined season, was hard for him. I wonder if he spent hours thinking, oh my goodness, Zechariah, you idiot. You had this moment. You're there in the sanctuary. Gabriel appears to you, tells you you're gonna receive your miracle. And what did you say? probably looked back and thought, man, I wish my heart was just in a different place. I wish I had the faith to just say, let it be. Let it be. Thank you, Lord. So God was good to Zechariah, even when he struggled with his faith. Second thing is this, is that in both of these situations, God was doing something bigger way bigger. Zechariah wanted a son. He'd been praying for the coming Messiah. He'd been ministering. God provided him with a son who was gonna make a way for the coming of Jesus. God's one and only son. There was a bigger picture at work here. There was an appointed time for this. It doesn't make it any easier in the waiting but it, was, it would have been good for Zechariah to realise this is not just about our inability to have children. God is doing something far bigger. 
here's Mary. As far as we know, Mary hadn't asked for anything. She's probably thinking about the wedding that's coming up and God saw her. God saw Mary. He didn't just see this young lady who could get married and have a child, like the immediate future there. He saw an opportunity to send His one and only Son, Jesus. I don't think in any way Mary was just sitting around thinking wedding, gonna, oh, that's gonna be awesome. And also I'll just pray that I could be the mother to Jesus, the son of God, that'd be cool too. Like she wasn't asking for any of this, right? And yet God saw her because he was doing something bigger. I think God is often doing something bigger in our lives something bigger than we've realised. We see this immediate need. We see this immediate situation. We see something going on in ourselves. We say, Lord, I'd love to see you come and change this. And I think so often God is saying, hey, I'm doing so much more than that. I care about that thing and I hear you. You know what? I am doing so much more. And guess what? It's really good. All of it is really, really good. Third thing is this, in both situations, we see that God is who He says He is and He does what He says He will do. These were big situations that only God could actually change. They could not make this stuff happen themselves, but God could and He did. He did the impossible in both of these situations. God came and met them in their impossible situation and made it possible. This is who our God is. He is the God of the impossible. And because He loves us so much, right here, right now, He was working in these situations. This is who God is. And I have a real sense today that the Father just wants to say to some people here, deeply and personally, I am who I say I am. I will do what I've said I will do. I am the God of the impossible. Be reminded of this. You may not think you can do it, but I can do it. And some people here, He just wants you to know, man, I love you. I love you. Your situation right now, I was thinking of you way back here, way back here. When I appeared to Zechariah in the temple, I was thinking about you. There was a bigger plan at work. And you know why? Just because I love you. I love you. The Father just wants you to know that. Can we jump on our feet? We're gonna close with some worship today. I just wanna invite you to close your eyes for a moment. If you wanna receive something in this moment too, maybe just take that posture, stretch out your hands in some way just to say, yes, Lord. I just wanna read something I came across this week just as I was preparing and I thought, wow, this just fits so beautiful. It says this, it's one thing to know we should trust God 
and an entirely different thing to actually trust Him. You can know God is good, but it's hard to hold on to that truth when nothing good seems to be happening for you. You can know God does good, but it's hard to hold on to that. When you're feeling the sting of someone's betrayal, hurt, absence, or withdrawal. You can know God will work all things together for your good and His glory, but it's hard to hold on to that truth when all things are falling apart. I'm just dropping in here to remind you that you can do hard things with God. You can walk by faith and not by sight. You can hold on to the truth that what is impossible with man is possible with God. You can trust that He who promised is faithful. He is for you. He is with you. He is the light and in Him there is no darkness. And so God, we just thank You and as we take this moment right now, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. There are some here today who are struggling for faith. They know the situation and it seems impossible. Perhaps there's deep pain. There's been little breakthrough. Holy Spirit, would You come and would You speak? Would You comfort? Would You strengthen? Would You minister in this moment? For the Marys in this room today, Father, who are, who are wondering, do I have what it takes, Lord? We pray that You would come and meet with them right now. Meet with them and let them know that with You it's possible, that it's just step by step, that you're gonna lead the way and they get to follow you. That even though it may be hard, there's gonna be so many good things. And Father, we just thank you that above all else, that you love us. We thank you that you would send your son to come and live, to die in our place all so we can know You, Father, so we can have relationship with You, so we can walk in this kingdom that You have for us, God. And I pray that maybe there's some people here today who wanna say yes to that, that they wanna say, yes, I put my faith in You, God, that You've made a way for me. So we just give You praise in Jesus' Name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.